0: in this presentation we will discuss the qualification of you must have earned income with relation to the child and dependent care expenses credit this information coming from publication 503 to claim the credit you and your spouse if filing jointly must have earned income during the year so note this is another type of credit that is designed to allow someone to work so that's going to be the goal of the credit so therefore To qualify, typically, you're going to need some type of earned income. Usually, that would be like a W-2 type of income. Back to the text. Earned income. Earned income includes wages, salaries, tips, other tax employee compensation, and net earnings from self-employment. A net loss from self-employment reduces earned income. Earned income also includes strike benefits and any any disability pay you report as wages. So, note that once we have this kind of earned income requirement, then of course there becomes a lot of questions in terms of, well, what qualifies as earned income for the credit or not? Because when you're thinking about, well, how do I maximize the credit or what, you know, when would I want to include income or not if I had the choice to or what am I required to or not? Typically, of course, it's going to be W 2 income. It's going to be fairly straightforward, but we can think of a lot of different scenarios where it might be something different. A very common scenario being self employment income. So, if you had self employment income, then that'll typically uh, count as well. That'll be something that you would usually would be reported on a Schedule C. We'll take a look at, at some examples shortly. Generally, only taxable compensation is included. For example, foreign earned income and uh, Medicaid waiver payments you exclude from income aren't included. So Note there's going to be some types of income that you might not have included. Sometimes foreign income isn't included in income for taxes because you probably have to pay taxes if it's earned in another country you have to pay taxes to them and therefore it's not taxable to the u.s or else you would be taxed two times but if if it doesn't count for taxes to the u.s then then usually it's not going to be included on the credit so if something's for tax purposes we don't want to include it usually in in gross income if we don't have to because then we have to pay taxes on it but for this credit of course if it's not included in gross income then it doesn't count for earned income uh with regard to the credit Back to the text however you can elect to include non-taxable combat pay in your earned income and this is really that one area that has some flexibility because usually the code says hey either you have to include something or you do not have to include it and this is basically saying combat pay they're giving some options there they're saying hey if there's combat pay and you want to include it for this purposes in in order to maximize the credits then you may be able to do that. So that's one area where you have some flexibility. So if you have combat pay, then you <laughs> it might be worth doing some research on it because uh, there could be some leeway on what you can do with it to maximize your tax credit here. Back to the text. If you are filing a joint return and both you and your spouse received non-taxable combat pay, you can each make your own election. In other words, if one of you makes the election, the other one can also make it but doesn't have to including this income will give you a larger credit only if uh, your or your spouse's other earned income is less than the amount entered in line three of form 2441. In other words you know the compact pay could could help or hurt it just really depends where we're at uh, depending on on you know we we have to have some earned income in order to get the credit at all but then, of course, if the earned income gets to a certain levels, we may start to lose the credit. So we'll talk more about the income limitations later. And as we get to that point, then you can start thinking about, well, if I have combat pay and I can decide to increase or decrease my income, then should I include it or not will be dependent on whether or not it will be increasing or decreasing the credit. And again, the credit looks is going to is going to do something like this, right? It's going to go up with earned income. And then it's going to, at some point when earned income hits a certain amount, then of course it's, it's going to go back down uh, because the idea of there is that, you know, the p- people that are earning that much don't need it anymore. Whereas down here, the, in- the government is trying to incentivize work and give the credit specifically <laughs> to allow work to be there. And that's why it's there in the first place. So we'll talk more about those earned income or, you know, what's the credit amount in relation to income levels and the amount of expenses paid later. Uh, You should figure your credit both ways and make the election if it gives you a greater tax benefit. Tip, you can choose to include your non-taxable combat pay in earned income when figuring your credit for child and dependent care expenses, even if you choose not to include it in earned income for earned income credit. Again, very unusual here. (laughs) So now we're saying that, you know, you could have it included just for this portion and not for that portion. So combat pay, a lot of flexibility with these credits that could have a big impact on uh, on the taxes but it takes (laughs) it's going to take some maneuvering to to figure out how to best apply the combat pay it's not not the easiest thing in the world to decide whether or not to include it for one or the other or both so you're going to have to do some scenarios or exclusion or deduction for dependent and care benefits Back to the text. Members of certain religious faiths opposed to Social Security. This section is for persons who are members of certain religious faiths that are opposed to participation in Social Security Act programs and have an IRS approved form that exempts certain income from Social Security Medicare taxes. These forms include Form 4161, Application for Exemption from Self Employment Tax for Use. By ministers, members of religious orders, and Christian science practitioners. So that's a special case right there. And then we're going to say Form 4029, application for exemption for Social Security and Medicare taxes and waiver of benefits for use by members of recognized religious groups. Each form is discussed here in terms of what is or isn't earned income for purposes of the child and dependent care credit. For information on the use of these forms, see publication 517. So if you have more questions on that publication 517 you can find that irs.gov social security and other information for members of clergy and religious workers. Now obvious form 4361 whether or not you have an approved form 4361 amounts received receive for performing minister's duties as an employee are earned income. This includes wages, salaries, tips, and other taxable employees compensation. So that would be Uh, income for the purposes of our credit here. However, amounts uh, you receive for ministerial duties but not as an employee don't count as earned income. Examples include fees for performing marriages and honorary for uh, delivering speeches. Any amount you receive for work that isn't related to your ministerial duties is earned income. Form 4029, whether or not you have an approved form 4029, all wages, salaries, tips, and other taxable employee compensation are earned income. However, amounts you received as a self-employed individual don't count as earned income. What isn't earned income? Earned income isn't included. Amounts reported on form 1040 line one excluded as foreign earned income on form 2555. So foreign, and of course that again kind of makes sense because if it's foreign earned income, then it might be excluded from taxes for the U.S. Because that the point is it got taxed somewhere else, and that would typically be on uh, Form Two Five Five Five. Medicaid waiver payments you exclude from income. Again, excluded from income typically wouldn't then be included for the purposes of earned income for the credit. Pension and annuities, Social Security and railroad retirement benefits and workers compensation, interest and dividends. So like the passive income not included. So because it's not earned income, it's passive. Unemployment compensation. So not included scholarship and fellowship grants, except for those reported on form W-2 and paid to you for teaching or other services. So usually grants aren't for work that's being done. So it wouldn't be included unless it was for work being done, in which case it would be reported on W-2 as with normal compensation non-taxable workfare payments child support payments received so the child support that was received not typically earned income income of non-resident alien that isn't effectively uh, connected with u.s trade or business or any amount received for work while an inmate in a penal institution so obviously if you're in prison typically the, the government doesn't want to include that as earned income for tax credit purposes Rule for student spouse or spouse not able to care for self. Your spouse is treated as having earned income for any month that he or she is a full-time student. So here we have some exceptions here. So full-time, because now we're thinking, well, what if we have a married couple and one of them's basically going to school full-time, then you would still need to pay for the child care, Wouldn't that qualify for it? Well, they're saying, well, if we have a full-time student or physically or mentally not able to care for himself or herself your spouse also must live with you for more than half of the year if you are filing a joint return this rule also applies to you you can be treated as having earned income for any month you are a full-time student so any month you're a full-time student then so that's could be huge because that's one of the kind of restrictions oftentimes if a married couple one's not uh if one spouse isn't going to uh work then the IRS, the typical kind of consideration under this credit would be well then they could take care of the child and the expenses typically you would think would not be necessary for child care however if there's an exception maybe if they're going to school then maybe that's a good enough uh incentive to go to school and you'd have to pay the child care expenses and maybe that would qualify for an exception so keep that in mind Uh, You can be treated as having earned income for any month you are a full-time student or not able to care for yourself. Figure the earned income of the non-working spouse described in 1 and 2 above as shown under income limitation under how to figure the credit later. So we'll talk about calculating the credit later. This rule applies to only one spouse for any one month. If in the same month both you and your spouse don't work and are either full-time students or not physically or mentally able to care for yourselves, only one of you can be treated as having earned income that month. So note, so that's a kind of a special role. If you've got two people involved there, and they're both full-time students, then you may not be able to to qualify for both of them working at that point. And that's what you're looking for. You're looking for both of them to be working. So that then that would be justification for paying the expenses for child care Because you have two people basically working so that's kind of when you're looking for this credit kind of the goal you're kind of looking for okay we got two people working and therefore we're paying for the child care and should have it be deductible or count towards this credit calculation full-time student you are so what is a full-time student now of course we've introduced that what's a full-time student full-time student you are a full-time student if you are enrolled at a school for the number of hours or classes that the school considers full-time so you basically have to ask the school <laughs> how many credits is full time. What is full time? I need to make sure I've, I'm full time for this amount of uh, this period of time. You have uh, you must have been a full time student for some part of each of five calendar months during the year. The months need to be consecutive. Need not be consecutive. Meaning they don't have to be in order. School. The term school includes high school, colleges, universities, and technical trade and mechanical schools a school doesn't include on-the-job training course uh correspondence school or school offering uh, courses only through the internet